You're listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. How are you feeling, Zachary? I'm great. How are you? Pretty great, too. Good. Another day. Another great day. Woke up breathing. Okay. Glad about that. You seem like you're really going to baseline factors. You're having a good day, though, right? I am, but sometimes you got to just be grateful for the baseline things. It's true. Um, You've been uh, watching a new... Tel- you don't watch so much TV, do you? Well... I just have too much school. Exactly. Work. <laughs> Not that you don't enjoy it. I but. love TV and I plan on watching a whole bunch more soon. I but know, right? while Wouldn't you're in school, nice? it's just hard, you know, it's just you just got to do your schoolwork is what you got to do. It's been a really long time since we've watched a new show. Yeah. Gotten into a new show. There are oh, I know. A, not even a couple, like one or two shows that we do keep up on. Mm-hmm. Um but barely. But that's like Shark Tank and Oak Island. It's not even scripted <laughs> shows, which is probably pretty I bad. Know, pretty bad. Uh, but we did watch that Octopus Teacher documentary. Yes, also unscripted, also not a show. But <laughs> it was you're right, great, though. We did. We watched a lot of movies leading <laughs> yeah. up to the Oscars. We yeah. watched most of the. I feel like all the ones you needed to watch mm-hmm. to know what was going on. Yeah. Boring, by the way. They weren't all boring. No, the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars were boring. Yeah, I yes. know this is a very the movies were good. timely uh, review of that program. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you actually have been tuning into a show the past couple of weeks. I think you've only watched it a few episodes, but it's um, Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah. So, now, spoiler alert to me, or to you, you know that's not even a new show. No, I did not know that. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it's not there's super still, old. There are, I see billboards for it, yeah, so it can't yeah, be that yeah. old. No, but I mean, I'm pretty sure the whole season is out. I'm just like slowly trying to Got watch it. the episodes. But yes, okay. totally into it. So obsessed. HBO, Love right? It. HBO. Okay. Uh, so Lovecraft Country, I didn't know this, but you told me it's based off of the uh, the writing of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Who is mm-hmm. someone whose name I have heard, you know, throughout time, but I have no idea uh, who this person is or why they are, uh, what their what their mark was on the literary and science fiction landscape. But watching the show, it's like, it's really cool. And I know that, that this person didn't write the show because yeah. I'm assuming that they're dead. I don't know. It seemed, this yeah. seems like an old thing. Uh, but anyway, I thought you could uh, teach us about H.P. Lovecraft. That's a great topic. Yeah, I'm because I'm, I'm guessing that once we learn some more about it, the uh, the influence is is really out there. And, yeah. And it'll, like, even characters that this person i don't know if it's a guy or a girl to be I, honest i'm pretty but, sure it's a guy but um, um like characters that he created that maybe we all know about but don't know that they are out of his imagination or something yeah i think hp lovecraft i only know like a little tiny bit about him i'm saying it's a hint if it i'm pretty positive it's yeah, not it gonna turn is. out to be a woman if it is wow what a twist <laughs> but um but yeah i don't know obviously i don't know very much about him i don't think trying to remember if i've ever read anything by him maybe like a short story or something but i don't recall well, so this yeah will this be will interesting. be really an cool. episode about an author that neither of us have read anything by so yeah be... <laughs> i'm being sarcastic oh, no it will be though i'm excited i want to learn more about because i think we all hear that name all the time and 
and I would like to know more about him. I, to be honest, before you started watching that show, I wouldn't even been able to tell you if that was a real person or if that was like a fictional character or a fictional place for that matter. I don't know anything wow. about H.P. Lovecraft. So that could have really been a factory in the Harry Potter movie the, for all I know. From the bottom up here. Um, okay, great. So cool. do you feel comfortable? Oh, yeah. Can we move forward? We can move forward. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, I'll see you in about a half an hour. Okay, will do. Bye. And we're back. Yes. And you're going to teach us about low-rise jeans, right? No. <laughs> What's this episode about? This episode is about H.P. Lovecraft, yes. the author. And at the very end of that little intro, you asked me if I was comfortable. And I said yes, and I was. And now I've done my research, and I'm not comfortable at all. <laughs> uh, what, what went wrong? I don't know why. I had a hard time with this one. Um, I think because... It's just a per, you know, the topic is a person, so it's like, what am I going to just tell you his whole life story? No, but also maybe yes. So whatever, we're going to do what we're going to do. It's going to work out. Um, also, as you will see, um, this guy, he is complex. Obviously, he's famous for some good things he did because uh-huh. he wrote things that people really like. But dang, not a good guy. So really, okay. Yeah. Well, that'll give us something to talk about. Mm-hmm. At first, I was going to say, um, you know, maybe this was just a bad suggestion. Not every not every idea in the world makes for a good podcast. Well, but I think you'll turn it into something. Yeah, we'll turn it into something for sure. So first of all, let's talk about who he is because you and I had no idea in the beginning. Um, he is a boy. He is a boy. Yes, <laughs> he is a boy. Um, he so basically H.P. Lovecraft is a name that now is so embedded in the world of literature in the top or the genres that he is that an entire genre subgenre however you want to say it is named after him. Um, like things are called Lovecraftian. Oh. Okay, that's because, pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that is, it's pretty cool, right? That's definitely making your mark in the world. Exactly. Yeah. I think I've said this to you before. I always find that really fascinating when usually I think of it in terms of film directors, um, that they have such a clear voice or such a clear vision that when you see a movie, you go, oh, that's, you know, Wes Anderson or, or whomever. Right. Um, that's pretty cool. You know, even whether you like it or not, it's pretty impressive to have that strong of a vision that another person can recognize it and so that's totally what's going on here like yeah, this to dude have a style so yes. your own that mm-hmm. it's instantly recognizable as your own exactly or derivative of that person exactly exactly so like just to give a a brief overview of what's going on here uh hp lovecraft wrote horror but it seems to be uh not that not your typical horror with just I don't know, kind of like, ah, someone's trying to murder me or something like that. He specifically got really into, uh, no real better word for it than, like, monsters. Monstrous creations of his own mind. Um, What year are we talking? The uh, 1920s is when he's most active. 
So he... It, it wasn't... But it's not even just monsters. It's this idea of, like, whole worlds beyond our comprehension. Like, it gets real deep, kind of, and, like, really kind of messed up you know (laughs) like i think that's when something's lovecraftian it's not just like oh there's a creepy monster or something it's like deeper than that there's some kind of deeper level discomfort and horror going on you know this is probably why i wasn't comfortable with it this stuff is freaky deaky yeah yeah totally um i thought that this was uh an interesting quote again just to like get us into the feel of it before i start telling you about lovecraft the person um some people will call his style cosmic horror uh, because it deals with stories that come from a world that doesn't make sense to us, leaves us unable to comprehend what's going on anymore. So, like, beyond this realm, even. Does this kind of make sense? Yeah, I'm following with you. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Here's something, I think this all makes sense so far. Here's something that Lovecraft said about his own, uh, his, his own take on what cosmic horror is. He says, Now all my tales are based on the fundamental premise that common human laws and interests and emotions have no validity or significance in the vast cosmos at large. One must forget that such things as organic life, good and evil, love and hate, and all such attributes of a negligible and temporary race called mankind have any existence at all. So, this is extreme, right? This dude is like, nothing exists. Yeah, throw every rule out the window. Yeah. This, yeah that's, that's a pretty cool quote. I've, a few seconds into it, I was like, wait, you got to really pay attention to this. This You have to, you have to comment <laughs> Don't on zone it. Out. So, I started to pay attention, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I, this is very interesting. And that sounds like, uh, I mean, that sounds very profound in a way that is probably like, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, I believe him. What like I yeah. that, that I believe that quote. That does sound like mm-hmm. he. Uh, that's coming from somebody. If, I mean, that quote was just so weird and yeah, like and also, off-putting in a way that right, it's like right? whoever is writing that quote is probably writing uh, the the content that it is describing. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert: like his life story kind of explains why he is this person. He's got a lot going on that's not great. But, um, so, one last thing we'll leave with before we move into his life story. Um, this is just another kind of, like, sum up of his writing. Uh, in in Lovecraft's conclusions, the universe is revealed to be impossibly bleak and beyond possible human understanding. There is no hero in these tales. There are but two options his characters are thus faced with. Go mad or run. Hmm. So, this is horrible, right? It feels yeah. horrible. Feels hopeless. Bad, Pretty hopeless. Horrible. Hopeless. Bad. Okay, great. So, let's meet the man. What's up? He was, bo- <laughs> <laughs> um, he was born on August 20th in 1890 in Providence, Rhode Island, in his family home. His name is Howard Phillips Lovecraft. So yeah. that's his real name. Uh, yeah, I was definitely expecting Lovecraft at least to be. No, made I know. Up. Yeah, isn't that funny? So he is in this very 
waspy white New England type family. Everything I read, they they have money, they came, they've been here for generations, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's just like your good old fashioned old money white people in Rhode Island uh-huh. in eighteen ninety. Yeah. So Pilgrims. Pilgrims, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, could have been okay, right? He's got all this privilege, all this whatever. Uh, no, doesn't go well. So when he is, when HP is three years old, his father has essentially a psychotic break and is institutionalized and dies in the essentially mental ward. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which don't sound fun um, back in the day. No. I was actually just reading that, I think this was in England in the 18th century, they would people would actually pay money to walk through the uh i don't know what they called them back then but mental ward asylum mm-hmm. whatever people would pay money to walk through there and gawk at the people oh living there patients whatever you they're called uh like a zoo isn't That's that insane horrifying. yeah yeah so not good not good um so his father dies he hp for his whole life you know, it, I mean, he's only three when this happens, so obviously not at the time. But, but soon after, when he becomes a, more of a person, and then for the rest of his life, he maintains that his dad fell into a paralytic state from overwork and stress. You know, that he just like became paralyzed and basically like had a breakdown from overwork and stress. But his death certificate and all the records at the time indicate that he died from late stage syphilis. So oh. it's unknown whether HP knew that and just denied it his whole life or whether he was kept in ignorance of that fact. But, uh-huh. you and know, that does just mess weird. with your brain, yes, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it messes with your brain. So after his father dies, he lives with his, in this family home with his mother, his aunts, and his grandparents. And he was apparently very, very smart child like at three he was reading and writing already his grandfather i think had a really big influence in his life um he introduced hp to all kinds of classic literature like at three (laughs) um including some old english stuff that was maybe kind of gothic and kind of weird and freaky so that could be maybe one um beginning of where he started with this planted Mm -hmm. but this new fact um is like a clear planted seed. So when he three years after his grandpa or his father dies, so now he's six. I think he's almost six. His grandmother died, and after his grandmother died, his mom and his aunts wore these like long black mourning dresses all the time. For it seems like they wore it for years, but probably at least a year. Yeah. And for some reason, he was really freaked out by them like i think probably the combination of them like weeping and like walking around this house in these black dresses all the time wait and how old was he he's six he's a little boy that's super scary especially if it's like starting the day your grandfather or your grandmother grandmother dies Mm -hmm. like yeah that's obviously a traumatic experience and then just starting that day you're mom and and who was aunts it aunts go into this things. different state like in your six-year-old mind they effectively just like transformed into a yeah some well sort of he started being they transformed into night gaunts he started Ooh. having nightmares with these What's characters in these long black robes and he called them night gaunts 
Like that's what they that was just the word he that's came up creepy. with for them, and that came in his writing in later years. Oh, he wrote really? about that. Yes, he has characters that are freaky, long robed black creepy people, and so it's very you know people point to this time as like a direct inspiration. Yeah, for that. no kidding. So then, by the time he's seven, he starts his writing career. <laughs> he career? Starts, well, not really, but he starts really writing. Like, and it seems like at that time he was mostly copying and reworking a lot of greek myths he was very into greek myths and that's what he was exposed to so he was just kind of you know uh maybe doing remixes of them in some way and not not very good writing nothing that really withstands the test of time but he starts dipping his toe in it then um i wonder if he watched mamma mia oh he sh- oh, for his, his Greece? In his Greek face. <laughs> so he's very into astronomy. It's interesting. He It sounds like he's a very smart boy. He has a lot of potential. He's very into astronomy. At points, he gets very into other sciences, chemistry, even um, anatomy. Um, but so when he's still pretty young, this is like pre-high school, maybe during high school, his grandfather... His grandfather's business goes south. His grandfather loses his fortune somehow. The mom, he and his mom have to move out of the family home, which when you're rich, white pilgrims, this is devastating. Um, And he, so this is like very disruptive, their whole life, very sad. He becomes slash is very sickly all the time. He has, he starts having like nervous breakdowns, if you will, and then by the end of high really close to the end of his high school career he has such a bad nervous breakdown that he never graduates high school Hmm. so he even though he kind of had this promise in the realms of science engineering astronomy all these different things he never even graduated high school so he never those things were never going to come to fruition for him does that kind of make sense yeah uh, yeah that's I mean, what you're saying is if you, back then even, you needed to go to college to pursue any of the things you just listed. Yeah. So, yeah, not finishing high school is Mm -hmm. going to exclude you from uh, accelerating in those fields. Yes. So after after his, you know, he doesn't graduate from high school, but after high school is over and he's out, uh, this is when he really starts writing. And... I was having a hard time because there's no, like, big moment for him because he's one of these interesting stories that, again, spoiler alert, but he was not successful in his lifetime at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. So he, so there is no one moment of like, and then this was his breakthrough, whatever. And so it was kind of hard because his whole story is just like, he wrote this short story and it was published here. He wrote this one and it was published here, but it's nothing to, you know, I'm not going to like read through all the things. So it, it, was it, um, what you're saying is he, he put all of this work out there and Mm -hmm. it never was fully appreciated by the public until after he died. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. so. Would you, I don't know. That's so strange. Like in, on one hand, that sucks. Obviously, mm-hmm. that you or you know, whoever we're talking about, he didn't get to see his own success mm-hmm. after a probably lifetime of writing. But on the other hand, it's like it's almost cooler in a way 
to to I mean it's a uh, post mortem vindication, but like yeah. to after working your butt off for all these years, and then I don't know what would would you rather be super successful and um, probably beloved during yes. your lifetime, <laughs> especially when you hear I mean the I feel like the uh, premium example of this is well at least for me in the circles I'm in is Van Gogh. So Van Gogh was not successful you do in run his in life. Some Van Gogh circles. I do. <laughs> but I mean, like when you think of Van Gogh, he cut off his ear and killed himself. Like that's not fun. This guy doesn't have a good life story yeah. either. You know, even Edgar Allan Poe. But so is do the same success- way. people who are successful in their lifetime. That's true. There's that's always true. a percentage of the population who don't have a good life story, right? And who end their life tragically, no matter how successful they are in the moment. And especially for someone like a writer who it's like, what is fame to you anyway? All it is is the knowledge that people are reading what you're writing. Your your life is still just probably a, a pretty solitary one where you you know, don't accept out, outside influence into your artwork. So you're just cooped up writing well, anyway. Well, I think this is all very subjective. You're describing one kind of writer. There's plenty of writers who aren't like that at all. And I think the point is, though... You can be a happy person who isn't super successful, or you can be a happy person who is super successful, or you can be miserable and be either one of those things. Like, it's about you. It's not about the external validation of your work. Um, So some of these people are just, like, this is a miserable dude if I haven't gotten to it yet. He is always going to be miserable. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have the answer. Was he... um financially successful in his lifetime i mean did no he... no no he let me get to okay. it so in so in the 1919 he's 29 now and his mother has a nervous breakdown essentially that lands her in the same institution his father was in all the time yeah it really makes you be like what is going on here everyone was a hot mess and then so uh, a couple years later, uh, in 1921, his mom dies in the same mental institution that his father died in. Wow. Right? So it's like, ugh, things are a mess. Um, so, be, like, again, I don't need to, like, detail this guy's whole life story, especially because I'm about to get to, like, what kind of guy he was. Um, but he he gets married to this woman. His aunts don't approve of the woman. He moves to Brooklyn. He hates Brooklyn so much. Can't say enough bad things about Brooklyn. Eventually he moves back to Providence, New England, which he thinks is the greatest place. And basically he gets um, cancer of the intestines and dies at 46. He was penniless. He was eat. It's like well documented that he was eating expired canned food before he died and like one of the last things he said to a friend yeah he he told a friend like i've never been closer to the bread line like he was a wreck he had nothing going for him and it was bad okay now this story is getting fascinating why because he's completely broke and seemingly miserable not that i wish that on anyone but like we still know his name now but at the time he was literally broke like that's how unsuccessful he was that's wild yeah yeah i guess so mm-hmm. that's yes. i mean that's to me so much more interesting than the uh big break that you were 
describing earlier that mm. he never had. That's so much more interesting than it's like when he was 26, he sold his first book and it was a smash hit. And then he sold 10 more over the next 20 years and then he retired yeah. and quietly died in I his see, 70s. I see like, what this you is mean. crazy. Yes, this is more interesting. So he dies. He is. He's pretty prolific of a writer, especially considering what I say. He's 46 when he dies, yeah. so it's not like he, he lived like half a life by, you know, regular standards. And he wrote uh, about 70 stories, like some mostly short stories, some novellas uh, that are, you know, make up the his his body of work. Um, Wait, did you say mostly short stories? Yes, mostly short okay. stories. Uh, some of the did famous... he write any? Sorry, did he write any novels? Like no, I I was about I didn't to describe to you what a novel is. A but novel. Did he write? A, he didn't write any. No, it's okay. They were stories and novellas, and uh, and you can argue whether something is a novel or a novella sometimes, but it mostly seems to be shorter shorter pieces. Uh-huh. Some famous ones, which give a sense of his writing, are called the lurking fear. The Terrible Old Man, and The Rats in the Walls. Um, one, uh, But the thing he's most known for is something that I cannot say. I will try, but I can't. It's spelled... Every, anyone listening to this who's familiar with this, like, just start laughing at me now, because I apologize, <laughs> but it's, um, it's spelled C-T-H-U-L-H-U. Cthulhu... Oh, okay. So I wrote that down as mm-hmm. you were saying it. I've seen this word. I th- yes. I think it's Cthulhu, but I could be wrong. Everyone is wrong. And then I looked up a YouTube video that told me how I really should pronounce it according to Lovecraft. And it was just totally bonkers. And I was like, I can't. What was it? I don't even remember. It was like Cthulhu. It just was like, well, this is not the order that the letters are in. But it had something to do with the structure of the beings who the Cthulhu are and how their vocal cords would have really pronounced it. And I was like, I don't need to do this. Uh, (laughs) I don't need to get into this so deep. I think there was an episode of South South Park Park, that that Uh dealt with this. Yes, exactly. So this is the like... Cthulhu mythos, just their whole, you know, so he has, that's kind of a world that he has created. Cthulhu is a world? A Cthulhu is a uh, being. Okay. Like a, with, it's it kind of like looks a like a sea octopus-y. creature or something. Yes. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So, but, but so that, that whole world that those guys exist in, uh, he really kind of built out and a lot of things take place with those guys and in a lot of different world. stories, you mean? Yes, exactly. So, um, so that's that as far as I could see that's the the one specific thing that is most referenced but then just the whole like I said Lovecraftian genre lots of writers um point to Lovecraft as an inspiration Stephen King is probably a pretty obvious one oh. uh you know the whole New England thing horror thing and everything so so he's incredibly well represented in culture like you said south park there's a million metal bands with the name like lovecraft or references to oh, his weird. stories or things so yes he very much is one of these stories like edgar Allan poe who was his idol he yeah. thought edgar Allan poe was the greatest thing the god of fiction he called him um well, so and while we're mentioning the uh the legacy of this guy also mm-hmm. the tv show that we talked about in the beginning Mm-hmm. I don't know if you plan on talking about that later, but... Yes, I will. Oh, okay. Great. A bit. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, and that too, yes, that that TV show is after him. Um, so, so that TV show is another good example of, I think, what a lot of his writing is and these Cthulhu mythos fits into. It's tales of ordinary New Englanders encounters with horrific beings of extraterrestrial origin. And as we know from... It's not really spoiling much. If you watch the pilot of Lovecraft Country, that is well represented, let's just say. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very interesting. I think I've only seen the first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, two Mm -hmm. episodes. It's pretty cool. So that, I'd say, is pretty much the deal of him. Uh Uh-huh. His life. We've gotten into how he really blew up after his death. Now, I'm going to save basically the rest. The I'm going to do some fun facts at the end that have some more interesting facts about him. Uh-huh. But we have to address the biggest thing about him, really, which is this dude was so racist. Like, he was just... Oh, and you know when you're like, oh, okay, he's against everyone. Literally everyone. Like, anyone who is not a white anglo-saxon basically new englander yeah he hated everyone this dude had it out for literally everyone remember when i said he hated hated brooklyn Brooklyn, yeah literally he like could not say enough bad things about brooklyn because he just hated every single person in brooklyn so much wow so yeah because you know when you see like i saw i saw as soon as i started researching a lot of things pop up about H.P. Lovecraft was white supremacist. He was racist. And you're like, okay, so maybe there's a couple things in his writing. He's being dragged for this and that. No, no. no. This man went out of his way to be like, if anyone thinks they're more racist than me, listen to this. Like, he was so bad. Yeah, he hated everyone. He hated black people, Jewish people, Irish people, Italian people, Syrian people, Chinese people, everyone. Native Americans. Hated them all. Specifically called out all of them in various points of his life. <laughs> so who does that leave? Like, it leaves like, him. I mean, like, English. It, like, it is leaves he... English white people who live in New England. Right. So yeah. this is... Really, that's it. This is... He... Yeah, that's the most extreme form of racism, I guess, when you literally hate everybody who's not you. exactly what you are. Yeah. That's... You, you know who he was a big fan of? Uh, I have no clue. Adolf Hitler. Really? Yeah. I figured he'd and hate him because he's German. He, no, he just thought he... He actually thought that... I saw a quote where but he was like... I guess the enemy of your enemy is your friend, right? Yeah. Well, Germans, I guess, maybe he's cool with. Because he... I think he, he's also just one of these people who um, believe, like, let's make Germany more German. Let's make France more French. You know, like, just keeping things pure and no mixing of races yeah. and things like that. All these creepy-deepy things he's very into. He, I read a quote where he was like, man, Hitler, he's a real embarrassing goof, but gotta love his ideas. Like, Wait, that was a Yes, a from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh I mean, gosh. I'm paraphrasing, oh, making okay. him sound a little more down-home than yeah. he is. But, but yes, this is his... This is his you know, feeling. But did sentiment. he, two questions. First, mm-hmm. did he, um, so he was talking about this, obviously, because you're, ta- you're mentioning quotes and things like that. Like who, where was he saying this? Was he, he oh. was just an outspoken, <clears throat> prominent racist. Like would, well, would this he be is, like rallies and stuff was, like that? What, no, where does uh, this, come this out? is a fun fact. Um, he 
wrote. So he, I told you, he wrote like seventy stories. Yeah. impressive. He wrote, and there's documented around a hundred thousand letters in his lifetime. Oh he was gosh. incredibly prolific on his in his letter writing. Apparently, only Voltaire, Voltaire is the only known documented person to have written more than that. So that's where we get a lot of insight into his mental state is, is 100,000 letters. Almost 2,200 letters for every 46 years of his life. What? 2,200 letters a year. For, you oh, said he died for at 46. All, for yeah, year obviously he wasn't writing letters at yeah. 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. So, yeah. But even then, that's six letters a day for his entire life. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we get to a lot of whom these. Who was thought. he writing these letters? I guess just every. I don't know because it doesn't seem like he had many friends. I mean, he was a weird dude. He was like a vampire because you know how I said he was very sickly, and he, oh, he was yeah. literally sickly. He had cancer at the end of his life, but he was always sickly. That like he he wouldn't go outside in the day. He lit, the description of him sounded like oh this dude's a straight up vampire. Like he was very white yeah. and pale and stayed inside and didn't see anyone. Did you read anything about uh World War 1 with him? Because no. he would have he would have been like the perfect age to to be in World War 1, but I wonder if he was just exempt because of his yeah, I didn't I didn't physical read form. about it. It probably yeah, because yeah. he didn't seem well. Um, okay, so that was my first question. Where were these writings coming from? Sounds like the answer is the 100,000 letters. letters. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, did he, did these beliefs of his mm -hmm. uh, show up in his writing at all that you saw? Well, that's really interesting because I don't think it, I, I don't think it shows up explicitly. I don't think, I mean, it does sometimes. Sometimes there are some writings where he literally will, it's like, you know, just, he's like clearly, I think like there will be black people in it and they're the enemy and whatever. Or even so like that's you explicit. said, uh, his his average story is the quintessential New Englander warding off like monsters. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't have to read too far into that to well, that's understand. Well, that's what I was going to say yeah. is even if it's not explicit, uh, people have kind of read into it and just looked at his entire mental state and thought you can't extract the racism from the art in a way because... What, it, you can't it, extract it? What does that mean? Like, you know how sometimes people want to say, and, you know, people can have different opinions on this. I, I think I don't even know how I feel about it sometimes, but... There's like the art, you have to separate the artist from the art. So okay. even if you have, if there's a person who's a bad person and they do bad things, but they created great art at some point in their life, can you still appreciate the art without condoning that person? You know what I mean? I understand the question. Yeah. yeah so, so if that's posed with him, uh, people who are much, you know, more well-versed on it than I am, have stated that it's not that simple with him. It's not about, oh, can we excuse him being a racist and appreciate the art for what it is? It's like, 
they're they're intertwined the racism and the art is intertwined without that mental state of being so racist and being living in such a state of fear and hostility against other people we probably wouldn't even have the art as it exists he probably wouldn't have written the things he did written the way he did the way he's so part of what's so great i think about his writing is how well he's able to create a horrifying other that's non-human and just like the worst thing ever mm-hmm. and that's how he saw their humans yeah, he writes yeah. in his letters he writes the same way about immigrants in brooklyn as he does about these monsters in his stories um so i actually got a quote by leslie so I, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying this is people saying that like you said they are too intertwined that you can't ignore one and the other the same way people might argue that you can ignore bill cosby's crimes and still or not ignore them but like right. you can still enjoy mm-hmm. his his jokes about about a, a football game from right. the 80s you know those can still be funny aside from the horrible things right. he did but they're the- saying like these like this mm-hmm. is like laughing at bill cosby's jokes about like dating women back then and no, you're like no not eh, necessarily this. it's more just saying that uh it's not about is it okay that he it's not about trying to separate the two it's about understanding that they are they're intertwined with each other okay you know what i mean sure okay <laughs> um here this is a quote i mean I, from- I i yes i understand what you mean This is a quote from Leslie Klinger at a lecture on Lovecraft at Brown University, uh, which is the world's home to the world's largest collection of Lovecraft papers and other materials. Um, So toward the end of his remarks, it says, without excusing or defending Lovecraft's racism, this person, Leslie Klinger, refused to separate it from his achievements by saying Lovecraft despised people who weren't white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. But that powers, but that powers his stories. This sense that he's alone, that he's surrounded by enemies, and everything is hostile to him. And I think if you take away that part of his character, it might make him a much nicer person. But it would destroy the stories. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. And there's been a lot like H.P. Lovecraft's head, a bust of his head is an award for, I didn't write it down, but like a really prominent uh, sci-fi horror type literary award. And and recently it's been removed and replaced. And it was interesting because there would be black writers winning this award and being like, now I get to take this dude's head and put it in my hat. Like, why do I want this? So... I don't know. That's kind of like a win. <laughs> right. Like, it really, though, it's, yeah. It's interesting. I think with things way. like that, people often like Everyone's going to gonna say, react to it in a different way. Everyone but... reacts in a different way, yeah. And it's like, well, is it is it really helping anything if we just delete him and never talk about it? Maybe it's better to keep it, but acknowledge what's going on. But, you know, people feel different ways about it. Right. Anyway, so that's pretty much what I got about him. Um, okay, well, that... That definitely turned into something. I, I know before we started recording, you were very nervous about uh, how this episode was going to shape up or whether or not it would surpass the 10-minute mark. But mm-hmm. this was cool. Yeah, it wasn't bad, right? It's interesting. It's interesting to think about. I really did find the whole discussion of his racism and how it informed his art very interesting, something interesting to think about and maybe almost um, a way to... 
it not not appreciate the art by ignoring the artist but learn from the art by being aware of what was informing the artist kind of well you know yeah like yeah i think i think it's just interesting to think about and also it's not like he's this horrible racist dude who is writing these really happy love stories who everyone falls in love whatever it's like no maybe we maybe it's interesting to see oh this is what a mind poisoned by racism puts out there Mm -hmm. and maybe we can be entertained by it but also we can learn that that's not the way to be yeah it doesn't look very happy yeah (laughs) it sucks yeah this dude obviously like you said while he was alive for this short time uh he didn't seem to be a very happy person no not happy at all very unhappy. Not happy at all. I hope Very I, I hope I made that clear. Every single letter he wrote was miserable. Wait, just, just terrible. One last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're about finished up. Did he have uh, a family at all? Oh, like children? Wife, kids, yeah. No, he did have a wife. That wife that he married that it, aunts didn't like. Oh, right. But they, they actually got divorced, but never... Thanks a lot, aunts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no. No, nothing really good. Very well, good. sad dude. Mm-hmm. But people love his writing. People love these creepy worlds he created, okay, and they so love his writing. I, uh, one last question, and this mm-hmm. will really be my last one. Okay. Uh, and you can keep the answer short. When did his writing start to become well-known? I'm not even positive, um, but, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't know exactly when, but it is one of those things that kind of miraculously ramped up and ramped up. And by 1977, it was 40 years after his death that Lovecraft received a headstone of any kind. So he died, like he died into obscurity. He just died. And then by 1977, a fund created by his fans paid for a headstone for him. So by so my point is he died in 1937 mm-hmm. obscure penniless nothing by 77 Hungry. enough people got together yeah. and pooled money to give him a headstone today there are conventions all around him like you said a south park episode this hbo series that's all about him um so so i think it just kind of started and just blew up at some point you know what? That HBO show makes a lot more sense now, mm-hmm. knowing how uh, how racist yeah. it has come to light that he really was. Because mm-hmm. the HBO show, uh, like you know, when you first hear that and how how uh, horrible of a past this guy had, it's like wow. And they're making a show based off of his stuff. That doesn't seem like something that they would normally do today. But having learned that and thinking about the show the little mm-hmm. bit again that i have seen so far it i'm realizing now that the creators of that show were very well aware of mm-hmm. where this guy's head was when he was writing this stuff and they are kind of using that as a um yeah a, I, I wouldn't say a device but they have incorporated that uh, fact into the show yeah yeah cool right yeah that is cool. it's interesting and interesting to think about i think it's an interesting um 
way to look at just all these things we're learning about how people from history who maybe we held on pedestals at one point have more going on than we knew and how to deal with that um also as i always advocate for a great story on how get your kids therapy because look what happens to them when they have these tragedies early in life and then are not taken care of no one you know felt it to me it feels like no one was looking out for this yeah. kid. all these devastating yeah. things happen one after another so he just needs to turn into a freaky deaky vampire racist who writes really creepy stuff for the rest of his life his dad probably had that mental breakdown when a uh, immigrant family moved in down the street <laughs> that's door. probably what set him off yeah it may have been uh cool anyway i this hope was that was interesting very interesting okay i'm very pleased with how the episode uh came out like great i know you were a bit i was nervous and listen guys if this wasn't super great for you just watch lovecraft country i can fully vouch for that it's a really good show and you'll love it yeah um sponsored by lovecraft country (laughs) hbo thanks for listening follow us on instagram at 30 minute expert podcast where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today and send us suggestions for future episodes also if you're a real life expert on one of the topics we covered write to us and let us know what we missed you can email us at 30 minute expert podcast that's three zero minute expert podcast at gmail.com if it's something especially interesting maybe we'll read it on the show if you're enjoying the podcast please subscribe and if you're really enjoying it write a review thanks so much for listening we really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.